Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Um, I wanted to get straight to it. Uh, I wanted to talk about Bill Russell. As people clearly know, uh, Bill Russell passed away uh, earlier this week, or I think this weekend, at the age of 88. Uh, I've been very vocal <laughs> about what I feel, how I feel Bill Russell's place would be if he played today or if some of today's stars played in his era. I've been very vocal about that. And I think that uh, that has come off as I think a lot of people that watch, you know, what I say and or or listen to what I say about that commentary. I think people feel that I don't like or appreciate Bill Russell. And that is, uh, that's furthest from the truth. You see, I'm not naive in, in, in thinking, oh, I'm not naive in the, in the thought that there would be no basketball the way that I know it, the way that, that we see it today, if it wasn't for Bill Russell. You see, there's pioneers in every sport, in every walk of life that has to go through things to make our way of life function how it is today. You see, Bill Bill Russell, in my opinion, is arguably the greatest sports, let me say, the greatest basketball figure the world has ever seen. He and, and and I'm saying not saying he's the greatest basketball player, but the grounds that he broke, the the importance that he is to the or the importance that he was and is to the game of basketball is is unprecedented. You see, whether we talk about the color barrier for basketball, whether we talk about the color barrier for sports in general, Bill Russell was at the front lines of all of it. Um, put aside the fact that, you know, he has 11 championships. I think he has five MVPs. One of the, he, he's, he's the greatest winner in sports history. But Bill Russell, I'm not going to say, Bill Russell <clears throat> made it okay to play basketball for a black person and be open about it. Because, of course, we know about segregation. We know about, you know, how African-Americans were viewed uh, in America. And Bill, Bill Russell made it okay for black people to play alongside other races. So while um, I do appreciate, you know, this is an appreciation to Bill Russell. I, I, I want to. I want to thank you for your service. Thank you for uh, putting yourself, putting your life on the line, not saying you died because you played basketball, but putting your life on the line to make a game that has literally changed millions upon millions of people's lives. Think about that. I think about that every day. You know, I do this podcast, which is a sports podcast. I do, I work in sports. I work in, you know, where I work is, of course, a sports network. 
And I always wonder what happens if people like Bill Russell, people like Jackie Robinson didn't want to take that, didn't want to, didn't want to uh, go against the grain, didn't want to fight for what is clearly right, you know? I always wondered that. Like, it's not just the athletes. It's not just the basketball players actually play. It's the college basketball players, the high school basketball players, the sports analysts, the people that talk about it. Bill Russell is one of the greatest and most important sports figures in in sports history, not just basketball. Because you think that if, if Bill Russell didn't do what he did, do you think that African-Americans would be accepted in playing basketball? Alongside Caucasians, I don't know, man. Damn, I ain't trying to jump. So yeah, I want to. Uh, it's an, you know, it's it's Bill Russell seemed, seemed like one of those figures that will that will last forever. You know, like I I was shocked. You know, yes, I understand. You know, old age and everything, being eighty eight, but I was shocked when I heard that he passed. I was like, Bill Russell, what? Because again, Bill Russell is 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 will go down, in my opinion, as arguably the greatest and most important sports figure in ba- in, in in sports history. It's not just basketball. Let me not disrespect his legacy. It's not just basketball. So, you know, rest in peace, Bill Russell. You see, you see his his. Uh, you see his fingerprint on sports every day. When you look and you see players like LeBron James, Steph Curry, uh, Kevin Durant, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, the Serena, the the the, the Williams sisters, Lewis Hamilton. Rest in peace, Bill Russell. And rest in peace to the leg, not the legacy, the legacy that you carry will live on and is going to live on. So I appreciate your service and rest in peace. Bill Russell, who died at the age of 88. So. It's, it's, it sucks that I have to move on to this. But this is this was the biggest thing sort of that happened so the judge I don't I think Sue Jackson was her name the judge that uh was proceeding over Deshaun Watson's case to see how much games he was going to get uh suspended for she concluded her uh investigation and it turns out that she gave Deshaun Watson six games six game suspension there's a lot to unpack here, and we're going to unpack it. <laughs> First and foremost, I was shocked. Let me first say, I was shocked at the fact that Deshaun Watson only got six games. Now, shouts out to Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark did did remind me in the world of something that these are all still allegations there was there's no way of proving that this happened 
or that these happened. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't happen, but these are all allegations. All 20, what, four? They're all allegations. There's no proof to say that this really happened. They're allegations. So I do believe that that had something to, to do going into this ruling, going into the fact of, you know, Deshaun Watson only getting six games. But that being said, though, one of the biggest reasons why it shocked me, and I talked about this last episode, and I've talked about this on, on numerous occasions on this show, the league has a face problem. The league doesn't understand when it's time to wrap their arms around a community, wrap their arms around a situation. And this is the perfect example. You see, the league, which it wasn't the league that hand down the situation, but to give Deshaun Watson six games, and in, in comparison, you know, there's 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 people that I know Calvin Ridley's name has been brought up a lot. Uh saying as Calvin Ridley did, you know, sports betting on his own team and got a whole year. Deshaun Watson has twenty four sexual assault allegations, um, and only got six games. Which I think is the equivalent of what Ezekiel Elliott got for I think uh I think flashing a girl. Um what's 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 shocking to me and what's what's kinda confusing to me is the verbiage and the wording that Sue Jackson used to describe the findings that she found for Deshaun Watson. Saying that it was egregious, uh, saying that, you know, he used his status to do these acts, uh, that he... There, there indeed was something that happened it 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 just it feels like a a stark a stark contradiction to what you're saying in conjunction to the the punishment cuz what what Sue Jackson was saying was what he did was i think she even said this is one of the most egregious things i have ever seen in that there was something that happened. I mean, he was he was accused of ejaculating on women. He was accused of of sexual in inappropriate sexual advances. He was accused of uh sexual manipulation. He was chum. Now for you to then pretty much say the findings that yeah we we find we figured out that this probably happened and this is one of the most egregious cases i've ever seen that's that's in context what sue jackson said in her report 
to then give him six games? You see, the reason why we understand, and shouts out to Dan Olowski, shouts out to Lewis Riddick, we understand what the NFL cares about. I've I talked about. There's a clip uh, of me as well. I talked about this in, in, when I, when I was talking about Calvin Ridley. The NFL cares more about his image than 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 usual sexual assault cases. Because sexual assault cases or, or domestic violence cases has something to do with that person, not the not the league. That's why the league was so strong on disciplining Calvin Ridley, but only gave Deshaun Watson six games. Only gave a person like uh, 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 Big Ben four games, I believe. But one thing that I think the league doesn't get yet is that Situations like this affect the brand, affect the league. Because now it's it's hard to say that you want everyone to watch. And it's hard to say that you care about everyone. Yet time and time again, you make it a... There's multiple upon multiple examples that you really don't care about how women feel about your product because there are people that have been either accused or found guilty of assaulting women, sexually assaulting women, abusing women, disrespecting women. And they don't get the discipline that people that that they should get. You see, one thing that's kind of kind of uh, it's been very prevalent to me in this whole situation is Deshaun Watson. You see, I always try to think what I would do in their shoes. So Deshaun Watson has been adamant from day one that he has not done anything. He's been adamant that he hasn't sexually assaulted, sexually abused. He hasn't done anything. But on the same hand, in the same token, he's also. I haven't really seen an, uh, 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 a lick of remorse from what's going on. Now, the league. The league can still appeal, and it probably will appeal, and they're looking closer to around. The league wanted indefinite suspension, but when, once we found out that I was going to take it off, the league wanted at least a year. And to get six games, they're probably going to play ball, and, and if they do appeal and they win their appeal, they'll probably get about 10. But... Again, I do understand the fact that there's no 
There's no proof in any of this. This is all accusations. This is pretty much he say, she say. But I am not stupid nor naive in thinking the fact that when there's this many people, this many women that pretty much have the same story and don't know each other. And you know, you know it's bad. And you know that the person that we talk about maybe should have had a a tougher penalty when in in this suspension they also saying that moving forward Deshaun Watson can only can only receive therapy treatment from the club's therapy from the team whatever team he's on therapy or therapists meaning you know he did something inappropriate on multiple occasions when you one thing that I don't understand and and that's that's the hardest thing for me to understand in one hand you say yeah he did this and it was crazy and it was egregious and it was it was vile but then on the other hand, you give him a light sentence. Light, light. And then the owners, Haslam, the owners of the Cleveland Browns putting out that statement. Pretty much saying, you know, Deshaun Watson's going to try everything he can to prove that he is a... Uh, that he cares about the community and, and that <sighs> this another reason why this is frustrating to a lot of people and why this is confusing to myself is the reason why they pick Sue Jackson to be the outside arbitrator the t- to be the person to hand down the thing is because they wanted they didn't want to make they didn't want to mess this up which I, I commend I commend the league for I commend this whole situation because we've known time and time again that they've messed up on situations like this situation dealing with women situation dealing with domestic violence situation dealing with uh sexual assault cases they have royally fumbled the bag and they they were thinking that this was going to be a new age of of or, or they would be able to get this right so they 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 bring in Sue Jackson they bring in uh somebody that is able to turn the tide And and getting rid of the quote unquote old process and the old practices. Yet and still in this whole situation and the way that they came to this conclusion, they use the old practices. What the, what the league is hoping, what Deshaun Watson's hoping, what the Cleveland Browns are hoping, is that this is going to blow over. 
is that Deshaun Watson, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league when playing, that the winning is going to solve everything, that this is going to blow over. But what the league is underestimating, just like they knew that they needed to go a different route and they needed to to use the new practices. This is a new age of people. This is a new, this is new for them because this is not going to go away. Now, it's very disheartening after seeing the ruling that went down and, and seeing everything that happened and then the next thing I see is Deshaun Watson getting mugged by fans and and uh, signing autographs and this and a third. That's what the league is hoping. What the league is going to do is they're going to focus on that. They're going to focus on the fans. They're going to focus on on the people that um, still love and have aspiration for them, and they're going to center them and target them. That's why the first thing, the first videos we see after this of Deshaun Watson is signing autographs for a bunch of kids, for a bunch of Cleveland Browns fans. But trust and believe that there is a larger, louder community of people that is upset about this. Now, my take is this. I don't know what happened in those uh, those hotel rooms. I don't know what happened between Deshaun Watson and those uh, massage therapists. But one thing that I do know is... You'll be hard-pressed for me. Or you'll be hard-pressed to go anywhere and find 24 people that have damn near the same story and they're all lying. I know this. People felt uncomfortable after dealing with Deshaun Watson. I know that for sure. There are there were women that felt uncomfortable and and uneasy after dealing with Deshaun Watson. To me, that's enough to at least issue an apology to those women and show some remorse. Now again. The league is is more than likely going to appeal. And at that point, it's up to Roger Goodell to figure out how many games they're going to get. The uh, NFLPA has already come out and said that they won't, they're not going to appeal the situation because this is the best case scenario for Deshaun Watson. Only missed six games out of a 17-game season. And you still get to play week 13, which is in Houston. And they they don't touch your money. His money is not affected at all. This is just another example of people not respecting women. It's you don't have to like women. 
he don't have to care about women. You don't have to give two goddamns about the the the, the struggles and the the plight that women deal with every day. You don't have to care. That's your prerogative. You don't have to. But at least respect him enough to understand when something isn't right and this isn't right. Now again, I understand what Ryan Clark is saying, and I under, and, and and I completely agree with Ryan Clark saying is that we don't know what happened. We don't know. The only people that know what happened is Deshaun Watson and whoever, you know, the the massage therapist that was in there at the time. But one thing that we do know is that after their encounter, 24 women felt uncomfortable, felt disrespected, felt sexually, felt like they were sexually misappropriated by Deshaun Watson. Felt like they were belittled, felt like they were in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable, unwinnable situation. And you know what's worse? You know what the, the worst part about it is? And, and why that this is what the ramifications of this really is? Is you just bring, you just give credence and you just admit pretty much why a lot of women don't come out. Because what's the point of coming out and telling your truth and then pretty much getting told, ah, it's not that much. And this is what this, this is what, that that's what this, uh, this ruling pretty much is. This ruling is pretty much saying I mean, we know he did something, but it wasn't that serious. Like y'all, y'all might be y'all might be sizing it a little bit. That's man, that's crazy, bro. So again, I don't know. I don't know uh, what's gonna happen moving forward. I don't know. Um, I don't know how many games he's officially going to get because I, I do believe that the league is going to appeal it. But the last thing I'll say on this, um, and, I, and I share the sentiment with damn near everybody that has spoken out about this. For a person to have 24, 24, sexual misconduct allegations against him and has settled in court with most of them 24 sexual or in a sexually inappropriate actions against some a said person six games seems mighty light That's all I'm saying. Moving forward.
so try to get try to change the mood. Uh huh. Debo Samuels gets three years. I believe it's what fifty fifty eight million seventy five million. I think fifty eight is 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 fully guaranteed. Three year extension. There's two reasons, usually, why a player demands a trade. Either they feel they're disrespected somewhere, or they just don't like the team that they're on. Let's 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 Debo Samuel's falls into falls into category one. Debo Samuel's felt disrespected by the 49ers, not because they don't think he's a great player, but because of how they were using him on top of that contract negotiation. See, they was they were using him as a hybrid of, of running back slash wide receiver, kind of like what they do with Cordell Patterson. The only difference is Debo Samuels is better than Cordell Patterson. And one of the biggest reasons why players don't like doing that is, one, it takes a lot of, off you, and it takes years off your game. I mean, that's, 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 yeah. Getting all those, I mean, you're getting hit constantly, whether as a running back, whether as a wide receiver. So then when you go to the negotiation table and the contract saying, hey, I feel like I've exceeded my rookie contract, and they try to lowball you because they try to say, well, you're not really a wide receiver. You're not really a running back. We don't know. How, so we'll pay you something in the middle when you deserve way more than that. You feel disrespected. So you're going to say, hey, I want to trade out of here. And how do you rectify disrespect? paying somebody what they're worth or what they feel they're worth. Debo Samuels gets a three-year, I think, 70, 58 fully guaranteed or 58 guaranteed million-dollar extension. I think that the 49, this is, it wasn't just pivotal for the 49ers to make this deal right for Debo Samuels. Because the last thing you want to do is trade a very young, you know, a a young star in the game. I mean, that's, we'll talk about MLB trade deadline and Juan Soto in a second. But that's the last thing you want to do, especially when you have money, especially when you can pay them. It's not like the 49ers are hurting for money. They just needed to meet him where he was. I also think he has a like million dollar, million dollar plus rushing ex, uh, ex, extensive too, or extensive rushing incentive as well. You see, not only was this important to make this right for Debo Samuels, this was important to make this right for the offense in general because when you have a young quarterback like Trey Lance. The last thing you want to do is take his number one weapon away. Now, yes, Brandon Ayuk was good. George Kittle is great as a tight end, but Debo Samuels is what unlocks this this 49ers offense. And we saw that last year against teams like the the the, the Rams, against the, the the Green Bay Packers. Some of the biggest plays in the playoffs was Debo Samuels making a play. So Shouts out to Debo Samuels for getting exactly what he feels he deserved and what he is deserved. Shouts out to this offseason. I mean, when you look, Debo Samuels, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, uh, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown. These play- player wide receivers are getting paid. 
wide people are starting to understand the importance of the wide receiver. I get the fact that you know they their job isn't isn't their job can't be done at a high level without a good quarterback. I get that, but a lot of people don't talk about the relationship between a quarterback and a wide receiver. Again, the best thing I can the the best example I can give you is Stephon Diggs and 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 Josh Allen, how much better Josh Allen has been alongside a number one wide receiver, which is Stephon Diggs. Or I can even give you Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and how much better Kyler Murray looks and plays on the field with DeAndre Hopkins. It's it's something to be said when you have a elite wide receiver. It's like a it's a it's a blanket. It's a comfort blanket. Like, hey, we're gonna be good. We have Debo Samuel's. We have Devontae Adams. We have a, a great wide receiver. We're gonna be all right. So, shouts out to, to Debo Samuel's man. This is huge for him. Definitely well deserved. This is huge for the 49ers. You, the last thing you want is a as a first well first year starting quarterback. I mean, Trey Lance did start a couple games. He didn't look that good. But this is the first year where the offense is his. You don't want to take away his number one target. That's the last thing you want to do. So shouts out to them. And, and I'm excited to see what the what the 49ers look like moving forward, you know, this year with Trey Lance, with Debo Samuels, with some of the pieces that they brought in. So I'm excited. Moving forward. So starting, I think, next episode, maybe. Or maybe next week, I'm going to start breaking down the divisions. I talked about it uh, last episode, but I'm really, I think next week, I'm going to start really breaking down divisions. I'm going to have people come on and we'll break down every episode is going to be a different division. But until then, I've been doing my top 10s. I did top 10 quarterback, top 10 wide receiver, top 10 running back, top 10 tight ends. And now I want to do my top 10 defenses. Now, these. Defense is is wildly important. They say defense wins championships, and you understand that when you under when you look at the last few plays against you know with the with the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. It wasn't arguable. It was the greatest game that we had last year, and one thing that the the bit the bills ultimately lost in overtime but one thing the bills said was if we would have got one or two stops we would have won the game same thing for uh the super bowl cincinnati bengals and the the la rams the rams were able to get those defensive stops at the end of the game against uh joe burrow that's when they say defense. Yes, it's good having a great offense and a high-powered offense. I mean, the Rams did win a championship last or Super Bowl last year, and they had, you know, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, uh, Valdez, you know, I mean, uh, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham Jr. They had a high-powered Cam Akers. But it was the defense that ultimately sealed the game for them. Like I said, it was Aaron Donald. It was uh, Von Miller. It was players like that, Jalen Ramsey. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to give my top ten, um, my top ten defenses, and let's start with number ten. Number ten, I have the Indianapolis Colts. When, when you you go out and make a move like trade, letting go and and trading uh 
trading away Carson Wentz, getting Matthew uh, Matt Ryan. You make that move because you feel like this this team is close. This team is good enough to at least vie for its Super Bowl, which is true. I mean, if you think about it, this team has Stephon Gilmore, DeForest Buckner, uh, Njaku, Obigway, Obigwo. I forgot his. I think his name. And they had what's his name now? Shaquille, Shaquille Leonard. Like, that is a front for you. And it's going to be hard-pressed to do anything. When you have a a former defensive player of the year in Stephon Gilmore, and you also have Buckner and Leonard, it's, it's going to be tough doing anything. I mean, one thing, one, one of the biggest pluses about the Colts last year was their defense and the fact that even though they're – even though their offense was was up and down, their defense stayed solid, and their defense was one of the biggest reasons why they were in position to make the playoffs last year. So I have the Colts defense at number 10. Number nine, I have the Broncos defense. Uh, <laughs> when you have Patrick Sertan Jr., it you know, you also have uh, Williams, Kareem Jackson, Jonathan Simmons, it's it's gonna be you know. You also have Bradley Chubb. It's it's this look, and you signed Randy Gregory, which I completely forgot about. The 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 Denver Broncos have huge Super Bowl aspirations. Bringing in a player like Russell Wilson does that, and. One of the biggest reasons I believe Russell Wilson decided to go here is because this is probably the best team he's been on since the Legion of Boom days at, of Seattle. And this defense is, again, this defense, it's, look, I understand last year it dealt with a lot, but last year it dealt with a lot of injuries as well, which is why it may not have been that highly ranked last year. But when you're getting all of them black back, again, when you have Patrick Sertan Jr., who was in the running for a rookie, uh, if, it, if Minka Parsons didn't have such a great rookie year, Patrick Sertan could have, could have been the defensive rookie of the year. Along with, again, now Randy Gregory, who was very pivotal and very important for the Cowboys, uh, and Bradley Ch- It's... I, it's going to be hard pressed to do to if this defense plays to their potential as well as the offense, it'd be hard pressed for anybody to beat the Broncos. So I have the Broncos at number nine. Surprisingly, and it was actually surprising to me when I was doing this rankings is I have the Ravens at number eight. The reason why I have the Ravens at number eight is because let's not forget how many people were hurt last year. It was it was a carousel of injuries, man. Whether it was um, Peters got hurt, Humphreys got hurt. There was so many people that got hurt. You get though, you get them back. You also, you know, and you you draft Kyle Hamilton. You also get uh, Marcus Williams, <laughs> and you also have uh, Odef Way. Odef Oway. I think I know. I said your name wrong. I apologize, brother. Um, you had this. I mean, you still have Calais Campbell, who's probably the largest player in the NFL. This team, when healthy, is a good deep is a good defense. It's a great defense. It's just they need again. Last year, I think was it, it was anomaly. No one's gonna get that hurt. That was crazy how hurt they got. like it would ever from 
from every position. Hell, Lamar Jackson even got hurt. It was just with everybody back healthy, with getting Kyle Hamilton in the draft, uh, even though there is a video of Kyle Hamilton getting just torched, um, I, I do think that I have the the Ravens at number seven. I mean, I'm sorry, at number eight. Number seven, I have the Saints. A lot of people are just giving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this division, which I understand. You have the, the players that you have. I mean, Tom Brady, you have the – it's Tom Brady. And they also are two years removed from winning a Super Bowl, so I get that. But let's not forget, yo, you still have Marcus Lattimore, uh, Paulson at Adubo. Um, you have uh, Cam. What's it? Um, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan. I. Oh damn. You. You have this. This team is good. I mean, one of the, one of the biggest compliments that the Saints had last year was the Saints were one of the best defenses in the league. It was just because of the injuries to Jameis Winston and 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 that offense. It was really hard to to keep pace, but the Saints had one of the best uh, defenses of the of of last year, and I I think that you're only going to get better. So I have the Saints at number seven, and number six I have the Rams. Now I understand it's like wait they just won a Super Bowl that might be too low. One of the biggest. Let's not forget. Majority of the season last year, they were not that good defensively. Yeah, they had, you know, Von Miller had his moments. And, of course, you have arguably the best player in the NFL, period, in Aaron Donald. But outside of that, yeah, you have Jalen Ramsey. Um, but that's, you know, that it they their defense was not that good last year. It just, it really started clicking towards the end. Now you now that you lose Von Miller, but you do bring in Bobby Wagner, which is huge. I I'm excited to see what this brings. I mean, again, this is you're coming off a of Super Bowl. You have the best player in the NFL. You have arguably a top five, another top five defender in Jalen Ramsey. Let's see what Bobby if Bobby, Wag, if Bobby Wagner can get you anything from his heydays in Seattle, you're in, you're in good business. And again, this this the defense just won a championship. Um, but again, the only re- the reason why I have them at number six is because I think losing Von Miller was huge, and then that's no offense to anybody that's still there. And I do want to see what Bobby Wagner, because Bobby Wagner didn't look great leaving Seattle, even though he did have a, a, a decent season. But I can't remember they they got rolling, they got hot at the best times at the I mean at the right time. And if they can continue that and the beginning of the season, a little bit towards the middle of the season was more of a ad, uh, aberration than the norm, then I'm rolling with it. But right now I have them at six. And number five, I have the Chargers. The biggest reason why I have the Chargers at number five and not higher is because there's a lot of there's a lot of things we don't know yet. On paper, they should be a a a huge uh, they they should be a lot higher than number five. Um, when you get Khalil Mack, when you get J.C. Jackson, who is arguably the best safety in the league, um, and you pair them next to Joey Bosa and Derwin James, and you have Asante Samuel Jr., 
that though that alone should propel you a lot higher especially when you see that the how how much they struggled last year in certain situations the only problem is i do want to see what happened you know how they look coming together this is a lot of people's super a lot of people think that they this team can win the super bowl which i understand um but again i do khalil mack didn't look the same coming out of Chicago I don't know if that was due to Chicago or just because he's just getting older so I, I do want to see what he looks like next to Bosa I want to see what Darren James and JC Jackson and and Asante Samuels I, I want to see what all these players look like together if they can gel and look great they can arguably have a top three defense I do want to see again what they look like together because they're all coming together I mean it was just what Asante Samuels it was um Derwin James and Joey Bosa were the only ones that when you add J.C. Jackson and and, and Khalil Mack, I, I want to see how they all gel. So I have them at number five. Number four, I have the Bucks. Um, you have Shaq Barrett. You did lose. Um, you did lose JPP, which is huge. But you still have Levante Davis. You still have Devin White. You still have. Uh, you get Akeem Nix, which is huge. You have Via Veda. Logan Hall, Raheem, Nuez, Roche, I mean, William Golson. You you have a squad. This 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 defense pretty much won you a Super Bowl uh two years ago. And while yes, you lose JPP, which is huge, you still have huge. I mean, you still have great. You still have your captains. You have David and White. You also have Barrett. So I. And getting Akeem Hicks was huge for this team, especially alongside Via Veda. This is a big, a big defense, and it's this is a fast defense too. So, um, I have yeah, I have I have the Bucks in number four. Number three, I have the Packers. Now, the Packers are going to look drastically different this year than they did last year, especially after losing Devontae Adams, but. When you have Zaire Alexander, I mean, you draft you draft uh, Quay Walker. You have uh, Devondre Campbell, which is huge. I mean, this is going to be a squad. This, this, this. Look, this team, this defense can, if everyone stays healthy and everyone plays the how they're supposed to play this defense could be the best defense in the league that's that's how good i have them and that's how good they they can be in my opinion it's just you know we need to see it and and they need i mean you have arguably the best one of the best defenders in all the football in zaire alexander leading the way you have preston smith it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a this is a good defense and that's one one of the biggest reasons why they're a lot of people aren't giving excuses to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers if they do stumble this year do because their defense is so good. And their defense has the has the potential of um of being the best defense in the league. So, I have them at number 3. Number 2 I have the 49ers. Look, <laughs> you have Nick Bosa, you have a, uh, you know, uh, D Ford, or I think they let him go actually. But you have Nick Bosa, you have Fred Warner, this defense now you have Kavarius Ward. Look, this this defense was tough. This defense was this is this is the biggest reason why they made it to the NFC championship because of their defense. 
and now you look now you have a fully healthy Nick Bosa which wasn't that he wasn't healthy in the playoffs and see what D'Amico Ryans can can draw up as a defensive coordinator look man this you also have a healthy Justin Bennett like Vernet it's it's going to be tough so and and again this is the same defense that propelled the 49ers to the NFC championship so oh no yeah so i have uh i have the 49ers at number 2 and number 1 and, and arguably one of the biggest reasons why they're super bowl favorites is the buffalo bills i mean getting von miller uh was a huge get because they don't expect von miller to make huge i mean they don't expect von miller to uh, make a thousand plays like they expect him to make big plays at big moments. You also have All Pro cornerback Tre'Davious White, and who's who's grossly underrated. I mean, this team is this this is look. This team, a lot of people have them winning the Super Bowl because this is probably the best overall team. When when you have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and and Dawson Knox, now you have OJ Howard at the at the offensive side of the ball, Gabriel, and then on the defensive side, now you have Von Miller, you have White, uh, Porter. You, you, look, this this team, yeah. You also have Quan Jones, uh, Tim uh, Settle, Jordan Phillips. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is gonna be a this is gonna be a squad, man. This this is the one one of the biggest reasons why um a lot of people have the 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 Bills winning the it all because of how balanced they are. So number ten my top ten, number ten is the Colts, number nine the Broncos, number eight the Ravens, number seven the Saints, number six the Ra- Rams. Number five, the Chargers. Number four, the Buccaneers. Number three, the Packers. Number two, the 49ers. And number one, the Buffalo Bills. Those are my top ten defenses. Let me know what you think. Who do you think I left out? Who do you think's too high? Who do you think's too low? Let me know. And lastly, before we go, man, we're at the MLB trade deadline. And we've seen we've seen movement everywhere, but of course, as as I'm talking, it hasn't happened yet. But we're we're waiting for the biggest domino to drop, which is or to fall, which is Juan Soto. A lot of people are saying that the Padres are pretty much leading the leading the could get Juan Soto train. I don't know. I know when you have the possibility of getting one of the best players in all of baseball and he's still young. You you make that move. Um, that'd be also crazy if the Padres do get him because you have Juan Soto. Uh, <laughs> you also have uh, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. I know that uh, Shohei Otani was close to getting traded, but he wasn't. I mean, he didn't. So, Yeah. If you know I, I, the the domino is of course Juan Soto, and we have to see what happens and where he goes. But right now they're saying the Padres are kind of leading the pack, and that would be, that team would be scary if they get Juan Soto. And I think they're talking about getting Bill too. So let's see how it is. I know Joe Hader. I think Joe Hader uh, got tra- got traded, which was 
from the from the um Milwaukee Brew or the Brewers. Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers. Is it Milwaukee Brewers? Yeah, from the Brewers. He got traded. I know that was big. I think he got traded to the Padres too. So that's crazy. So if they get if the Padres get Hater, they also have Machado, they also have Fertiz, and they get uh Juan Soto and Bell. Yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. But hey, we'll see. There you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, link in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. I'm definitely trying to get the algorithms going, and I need you guys' help. Share, like, subscribe, comment. Let's 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 try to get this going. Um, and until next time, much love. Yo, Nick, yes. You got to turn me up in the headphones some more, a little bit more. This is teeny. Turn me up, Cruz. So many motherfucking hundreds, you got to make it part two. I'm not in competition with my homies, I'm whipping in competition in the rollers. I knew my opposition never knew me, they wouldn't be opposition if they know me. I made a proposition to my hitters, I told them to knock them down if you owe me. I just been side round, hitting, building, we moving, we got pounds in them 40s. Them niggas got shot down, we was whoring my homie, a op now, so we on them. I was like 16 with the Mac on me, deep in the field like it's pop on them. Where did the shit seen? Niggas cracked on me when they got real, try to slide on them. I made some ends, put the guys on it, we keeping it real, niggas not. And my homie and Savage, I put it in the casket, and I'm at a him cause he died on us. Just love his viewing, and I told his mom every time that she cried, we gon' slide on her. I look you niggas right there in the eye, and I ain't surprised you ain't ride for us. How would you feel if you bust a mill with some niggas and they suicide on you? How would you feel when you so lit that you can't tell if the love real? If I can't tell you nothing, I tell you how I thought feel. Then you ain't rich, nigga, your stash can pay my drug bill. Pussy. Nigga, this expensive pain, pullin' expensive range. Nigga, I spent some chain. He got drug money, yeah. that's an expensive game yeah. I got expensive shooter, yeah. he got expensive aim yeah. You know it's love, Uzi, yeah. that's an expensive name I'm going hard in my back to the wall Whoa. I was like, dad, just pumping and faking There's no way they matching me off Who really gonna stick me if we getting busy And we saying rap when it's ball Whoa. I won't even practice, I go triple platinum And they saying that was a walk I stop my rolly up to a rich mill in the trenches with some young nigga trying to tell him how this rich shit really feel. You ain't never been in the field with them late nights up in the drill. With them great whites locked in the cell like Josh ain't no dipshit. I was rich nigga in the prison. I was strapping up the niggas sweating around. I was rich nigga on a mission. I was motivated. I was watching Smoochie. I was broke nigga in the kitchen. I was chasing million when they said I couldn't. I was hard headed. I ain't listen. Kinda glad that I never did. Now we all made it out the trench. Yeah, all of my money is new. All of my money is blue. Riddle me this. I was supposed to go get. The money and keep doing favors and give all my money to who you keep telling me niggas keep telling you what why they be running to you why every time niggas talk about me and it's bad they keep coming to you i never got that part nigga know you my man but every time you want to talk bad about me he come to you and you come to me like a whole ass nigga just slap the shit out fuck hundreds on hundreds on hundreds on hundreds my homie and i but he know i ride so you know that i'm ready however he coming we done went up on these niggas like 79. 
They talking about body, we talking about millions, we talking about money, they talking about killing. I gotta go to the bathroom as soon as I walk in the building. You know I don't live. Walking, I'm tucking and passing the glizzy. No look at our sister, you know I ain't slipping. Cutting your changes, just me and like one of my savages, nigga. You know I ain't tripping. I can't get it started, I'm balling like drugs. We sliding with twitches, we told them pimping as fuck with niggas stank. I just be laughing to the bank. I done put up with the presidential on my wrist and this bitch like Hillary. I was just in the kitchen whipping hand on my tenner like my name with Billy Ray. And I better have me a hundred million dollars on these niggas before I be 28. Remember back when them bitches weren't loving me. 20,000 the best, she ain't dubbing me. I'm on play, ain't no bitch out here running me. Lamborghini, the same color bumblebee. Pull up color, the same color butter seats. In the game, ain't no young nigga touching me. Yeah, she know I'm the shit and she know that I'm rich every time that I fuck, she ain't nothing me.